0: We are in the we are we are on the home stretch of our 21 days of prayer and fasting come on let's make some noise for that you guys are like, like I just can't pastor you know and uh, uh man it's been great uh, a lot of uh, I, I have probably seen more participation in our church for the 21 days of prayer and fasting than I ever have uh, over the five years that we've we've existed as a church so give it up for you guys give it up for you online as well and uh Man, a lot of folks are doing Daniel fast. No meat, sweets, or treats. If it doesn't taste good, it's probably legal. You know, uh, some people are, uh, are fasting social media. Some people are fasting scrolling. Some people are fasting TV. Some people are fa- if you're fasting the news, man, you're like whole and ho- healthy today. You know, uh, man, it's whatever it is. Fasting cussing or anger, whatever it is, you're fasting something. But also, we're doing a uh, Bible reading plan, and we're doing uh, we're, we, we've done two weeks. And I join you. I encourage you to join us for the third week. It's called Choosing Joy by uh, Kay Warren. And what's great is we're reading devotionals by different pastors and leaders. And we're reading their devotional. We're reading scriptures. And at the very end, about, what, 40 or 50 of us, we're all commenting and talking together. And it's so great. Can I just tell you, there's no wrong answer. And so I'm like, I'm in there. Like, the pastor's in there. And, and don't be afraid of me. Be afraid of Pastor Lindsay, all right? She knows a lot more than I do. And the insight the Holy Spirit is giving our congregation in these devotionals is mind-blowing. I'm going, ooh, that's good. I'm going to preach that someday, you know. And, uh, and so I encourage you, join us at avenuechurch.cc forward slash fast and join us for the home stretch. Maybe you're like, I oh, didn't even know you guys were doing it. You have seven days left, seven days left. Also this Thursday, um, we have, I'm going to do it right here. All right, this is going to be the clicker. And, uh, but this Thursday, get your phones out. If you are married or engaged, all right? Get your phones out, scan this QR code. We have a marriage conference coming up this Friday and Saturday, marriage conference. Child care is, they're working on child care, so probably we'll have child care, but scan this bad boy, and uh, my wife and I, we're opening up the conference. I don't know why they trust us, but we're opening up the conference. There's a former NFL player, Vernon Fox, he and his wife are speaking. Uh, John Ponder from Hope for Prisoners, he's speaking as well. Uh, Met Lots of different speakers and communicators. They have a panel. Please go ahead and uh, uh, join for our marriage conference here in Las Vegas at Cornerstone Christian Church. And uh, that's going to be super fun. Now, Sunday, Sunday is going to be our last day of fasting. Last day of prayer and fasting, right? You can clap for that. And uh, I am. Come on. Come on somebody. I'm about to get some cake. you know I have to I'll be like, just go, just leave and I'll maybe, you know. And uh, but I'm super excited because I'm not speaking next week. Pastor Lindsay's not speaking next week, but next week we have our five and five five and five next week. Five communicators, five powerful, anointed, good-looking people of Avenue Church speaking next week. Five minutes each, all right? So don't talk to me about your attention span, all right? So we got five communicators. We got Angela, Terry, Karen, Ronnie, and Leah all speaking next week, and it's going to be powerful. It's going to be great. It's going to be super fun. And uh, we we do this about once a year, and then after that, we're going to go and get our, our lunch and all that, and then I want you to come back for worship night at 6 o'clock right here, uh, right here, what's that? And we have child care, we have child care, all right, we have child care, and it's a good thing can read lips, right, I mean, so we have child care for worship night, and church, I just want to encourage you before I even get into my message, right, I want to encourage you, will you come, number one, uh, but number two, will you just raise your level of expectation? to say, what if God heals us in worship? Nobody's speaking to you, we're just singing. Man, what if signs and wonders occur? Man, what if your pastor throws his hearing aids out and just runs down the hallway? Man, what if people get out of wheelchairs? What if the Holy Spirit speaks to you and gives you guidance and direction? What if someone who's close to you but far from God comes and goes, I'll go to your little worship thing, you know, your little concert? And they, they get an encounter with God Amen. that's going to forever change their lives, their, their family's lives, their friends' lives. Man, I want to inc- I just challenge you. Will you come and will you raise your level of expectation? Because God's going to do something pretty powerful. So uh, real quick, let's get into the message. Uh, if you got your Bibles, open up to Psalms 126, 126, Psalms 126. And uh, how many enjoying your Bible reading, right? Enjoying your Bible reading for these um, 30 days or or 21 days. And uh, but Psalms 126, and we're gonna start in verse one. We're gonna read the whole chapter because we are we are like a good church, you know what I mean? Like the whole thing. And um, but Psalms 126. Get your Bibles out. Get your phones out. I Man, feel free to get your iPhones out. Check in on Facebook. Use notes for that. Tag our church. Let people know you're in God's house today, and it just might encourage someone. Uh, it might uh, help start conversation on Monday. morning. Morning at the office or at school. But Psalms 126, it says, It was like a dream come true when you freed us from our bondage and you brought us back to Zion. We laughed and laughed and overflowed with gladness. We were left shouting for joy with gladness. Uh, singing your praise, uh, all the nations saw it and joined in, saying, The Lord has done great miracles for them. Man, that's been my prayer for our, our church is that others will go, look at what God has done for Avenue, or for this family, or for that family. Maybe God could do it for me. Maybe God could do it in my life. Man, yes, he did mighty miracles, and we are overjoyed. Lord, do it again. Lord, do it again. Restore us to our former glories. May streams of refreshing, I've been praying for our church and our city, that if you feel like you're dry, Man, even the press or just down low, I've been praying that God's streams of refreshing will flow over you until your heart is drenched again. Our hearts are drenched. I can hear God again. I can read his word again. I, I have excitement. I have purpose again in my life. And I love this. And those who sow their tears as seeds... We talked about this last week. So if you saw your pastor last week, I got crazy. We have seeds all over the place and water. But man, those who sow their tears of seeds will reap a harvest with joyful shouts of glee. They may weep as they go out, carrying their seed to sow, but they will return with joyful laughter and shouting with gladness as they bring back armloads of blessing and a harvest overflowing. Can I get a good amen right there? And so Father, let's pray. Through Jesus, thank you. Thank you for what you're doing in our church. Father, I thank you for Psalms 126. I thank you your word is living, is active, is powerful. But Father, I also thank you that this word is a word for us. Here at Avenue, for us as individuals. Father, I thank you that there are words that we can cling to and hold on. It becomes the anchor for our soul during confusing times, during scary times, during unknown times. Father, I thank you that your word is the anchor for my soul through the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, and everybody shout it! Amen. Thank you so much, Leah. And uh, you ready to preach next week? You ready? Yeah. Five minutes. All right. <laughs> and so here's, here's, here's the title of my message if you're taking notes today. And yes, I have ADHD. All right. And here's the title of my message if you're taking notes today is a Psalms 126 year. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. A Psalms 126 year. And there's so much I want to talk about in Psalms 126. And Normally, if you grew up in church, normally you kind of equate the Psalms as David. David wrote all of them. But there's actually many different authors in Psalms. It was so interesting, and I'm going to kind of, uh, kind of an inside story for a lot of us if you've been attending Avenue for a little bit longer than a year or so, is that they, they believe there are several different authors in Psalms 26, but they know for sure it wasn't David because of the, the way it was written. But it was so much detail, they believe it was either Ezra or another prophet during the era of Ezra. And my boy, Nehemiah. And so they're saying, wow, in the era of Dunatos, someone wrote Psalms 126. In the era of rebuilding the walls and the city, someone wrote Psalms 126. And so it's just not like, like allegory, and they're just not saying different things to say different things. They're actually seeing it occur and writing it down. And so here's what I love about Psalms 126. There's three portions in this very short chapter in the Bible. And here it is, if you go to the next slide. The first portion is, it's the past. It was like a dream. I, we laughed and laughed. This is past tense. This is the past, right? All the nations saw it. Lord has done great miracles for them. Yes, he did. But now we're going to shift to the present. So here's the present now. Now, Lord. So look. It was like a dream. Y'all remember when that happened? It was like a dream, right? but, But now, Lord, do it again. Restore us. Streams refresh us. Restore us. And then the future. And they may weep as they go out, right? Like tomorrow or next year, the next century. We may weep when we go out, but we will reap a harvest. Armloads of blessing and a harvest overflowing, Right? So here's what we do. We we look back and we remember. We look back and remember. Kind of hard, like when you join a church or organization and you're young, and you're like, can we stop looking back? You know what I mean? Or you have an idea, and they're like, well, we did it back then. It didn't work. Or sometimes we think about the good old days. I mean, know I'm talking about. We look at the good old days, and you're always thinking about the good old days, like little things. Like, remember the good old days when you had a flip phone? Right, And when you're mad at somebody, you're like, goodbye, and you go, bam, you flip it shut. Now, there are people in this room, you have no idea what I'm talking about. Unless the future is ancient, because what's happening is Samsung now has a flip phone. Right? With a weird screen, it's like a full screen deal, flip shot, right? So a lot of times we think about the good old days, but how many remember the good old days? How many remember texting on a flip phone? I'd rather text on my iPhone. I like the good old days, but I like these days too. Like growing up, uh, my father, he didn't have a TV remote. I was the TV remote. Yes. <laughs> he would cut me in the side of the head because I was deaf. I couldn't even hear him. Change the channel. Change the. What? Yeah, yeah. Change the channel. Okay, you know, is this one good, Dad? This one, this one. This... Now I got a kid who has an Apple TV remote who can control volume, the channel, the inputs, everything. But a lot of times, like the good old days, I don't want to go back to the good old days. It was ancient. But here's the thing, a lot of times, when it comes to vision, oftentimes looking back is easier than looking forward. Because forward can be unknown, but looking back is familiar. So a lot of times we look back, and hear me, we look back and remember. We are to remember. We're to say, look what the Lord has done. Look at Avenue Church, we are 35 this year, we're going to have a party. 35 years old, Five. All right, not 15, not 25, five. All right, we're barely walking now, okay? All right, and pandemic put it back in pull-ups, and now we're back out of it. All right, we're potty trained. Okay, let's be real. All right, right, we, we, we're five years old, but we look back and go, look at what God has done in just five years. It's been incredible. And I love this. Looking back is easier than looking forward, but we have to look forward. Because if we don't look forward, Proverbs chapter 29 says, when there is no prophetic vision, okay, for some reason, this is forward for me. I don't know why, all right? This can be forward too, you know, but, but when there's no prophetic vision, people cast off restraint. So what does this mean? If you don't look forward, you're not going to have any disciplines. If you, if you don't look forward, then, then today doesn't matter. I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to participate. I'm not even going to get involved because tomorrow doesn't matter. But when you have vision, today matters. Today matters when you have vision for your life. But blessed is he who keeps the law. The law helps me to achieve the vision that God has for my life. What's the law? It's God's word. God's word is not rules and regulations and God's just this big uh, boss in the sky. No, God's word, his law is boundaries and guidelines to help me to fulfill what God has placed in my life. That's what it is. I want to encourage you, if vision for the future looks like the past, it's not vision, it's wishing. So if you look forward and go, this is what I see! And I go, well, that's exactly what I saw over here. Now, when the Psalms 126, they said, Lord, do it again! It didn't mean do it exactly what we saw. I want you to come back and do your miraculous thing that you always do. I want you to show up. I want you to uh, help us to have a harvest and a blessing but can I just encourage you? Can I challenge you today? I'm going to teach today. Last week, I was throwing seeds all over the place and water, you know, but can I just encourage you today that if looking forward looks like looking backwards, I'm going to challenge God's vision for your life. That's why we're praying. That's why we're fasting. We're not doing it just to be, hey, we're doing this because we're awesome, and you're turning our clothes and like, I'm fasting, you know, but we're doing it so that we can have a vision for our life, it is not, and hear me out, it is not God. This is what I want to do, so listen up. This is my vision. I need you to make it happen. When we pray praying fast, we go, God, what do you want me to do? And I'm going to do what you want me to do right. for the plans that God has for my life, plans that God has for my life. But a lot of times, I just kind of the notion of, man, I really want it. <laughs> I want tomorrow to look like 2019. So I'm going to throw a word on the screen, and some of us might get a little PTSD. I know I did. But here's a, a kind of a phrase that I think all of us are familiar with. It's two weeks to flatten the curve. How many feel me right there, right? You feel me on that one? Ah. Just two weeks. Right? And there was a go post. Right? The Packers just couldn't get past it last night. I'm sorry. I wore the jersey, all right? It was itchy, you know. Two weeks, three, three months. I'm sorry, Kayla. <laughs> Packer fan. One year. You know why? If if we if we just now, I'm not getting political, but here's the reality. And God challenged me with this. And here's the reality. It's not going to be like it was. It's it's not going to be. You know what? Before pandemic, we were almost 500 people. No. Here's the reality. Reality in 2022, this is how our world is. This is how our world is. Now, we can have a sidebar and talk about all the different things and what we can do. Yes, I understand that. I am on board, but I'm tired of looking back. Because I'm not going to wish I'm going to remember. And say, look what God has done. He's going to do it again. Because God wins. The reality is, this is how our world is. But we are moving forward. We are are moving forward. We're moving ahead. I love Hebrews chapter 10, because a lot of times, if, 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 we, if we don't reconciliate that in our spirit, man, we're, we're going to get discouraged. In Hebrews chapter 10, it says, therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has great reward, for you need of endurance. You will get tired if you say, this doesn't look like that. You will lose endurance. And it says, For for you have, for you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. I mean, remember last week, man, if you do not give up, you will reap a harvest. If you do not give up, but in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 39, but we are not those who shrink back and are destroyed, but we are those who have faith and preserve their souls. I got vision now for the future. That when we look back, today doesn't matter because I want today to look like yesterday. But if I say, I remember yesterday, but now I have vision for the future, for tomorrow, today matters. And so if today matters, it means I'm still gonna sow and I'm still gonna reap. I'm still gonna sow, I'm still gonna reap. I'm still gonna make a difference. I'm still gonna pray. I'm still gonna fast. I'm still gonna worship. I'm still gonna sow. I'm still going to read. And I just want to encourage you, this is for somebody here today, we sow despite the conditions. For some of us, we stopped sowing in 2020. We stopped. The world shut down, therefore I shut down. We stopped sowing in 2021. We stopped sowing in 2022. We sow despite the conditions. And what's interesting is when... Ezra, let's just say Ezra wrote Psalms 126, or the author. The author was saying, God, I pray you drench our hearts, our dry hearts again. Wasn't just saying, Ah, oh, man, looking pretty rough around here. He was that the, the author or Ezra the scribe was saying that the land for 70 years was uncapped because they quit. They gave up. And so it talks about the soil, and, and if you go to Ezra, and, and even Nehemiah talks about the condition of the soil. And th- Jesus tells a parable in the New Testament that the soil is us. And so here's what it is. Here's kind of the, 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 dif- the different conditions of the soil. Number one, the soil was dry. And a lot of times we're in this season, we say, you know, pastor, I'm just, I'm, I'm dry. I have no hope. No vision. I'm just, I'm just, I, I, I don't, I'm sure there's a theological word for it, but I'm sure it's kind of like just blah. Yeah. Right? Like I know I'm not like, you know, this like preachers on TV and things like but blah. <laughs> I'm just blah. No spice, no flavor. No hope, no purpose. So I'm dry. For some of us, it's the time of the season. What's interesting is harvest season back in Ezra's day was multiple times. It was quarterly. Season for this, barley, and season for grain, season for... But for some of us, we get stuck in the time of season. We say, you know what, it's just, it's not not, not now. It's not the right time. Well, I understand God's time. God's never too early. He's never too late. He's right on time, and I hate it. I hate it. And my time is always too soon and too quick. But for some of us, this stops you. And you determine, you tell God, it's not time yet. And God is saying, oh, it's time. Like yesterday was the time. For some of us, it's the opposition of the enemy. When we get attacked, our pain comes into our life. We quit and we give up. Or we say, you know what, I'm not going to sow. But a lot of times, can I really encourage you? A lot of times for some of us, and this just means you're you're real, you're you're human, you're normal. But a lot of times when the attacks come, we go, you know what, I need to store up. I'm not going to get hurt again. I'm going to wall up. Those oppositions come, it hurts us and we quit. Because somebody in your Christian life said, when you follow Jesus, it's going to be awesome and amazing and sunshines and flowers. But how many know following Jesus is war? But we have the warrior. We don't fight for victory, we fight from victory. Jesus died on the cross, we already have the victory. But then, come on, but then we have past disappointments. For some of us, we have stopped sowing tears and we stopped sowing prayers because we were disappointed. And we said, I've asked Jesus for things. I've asked God to speak to me and he hasn't. So I'm not gonna do it again he doesn't hear me, he doesn't listen to me. Can I encourage you today, no matter what condition your heart is, no matter what condition of the soil is, I want you to know that despite the soil, there will always be a harvest. There will always be a harvest. Prove it to me, pastor. Yes, I can. Second Corinthians chapter uh, 9. But this point is, whoever sows a little will reap a little. Whoever sows a lot will reap a lot. I love this in second first uh, Corinthians chapter 3. I planted, my friend Apollos he watered, but God gave the growth. It's not talking about the condition of the soil. It's saying I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything. Like we're nothing, but we're planting and we're watering, we're sowing, but God, only God who gives to growth? He who plants and he who waters is one, and each will receive his wages or blessings or reap of his labor, for we are God's fellow workers. We are God's field. We are God's building. So if you're walking this place today and say, this place is going to burn down. I'm so dry. I'm so rebellious. I I, I have done so much. I have, I have broken the heart of God. God is going, I'm going to make it grow. I'm going to put a seat in your heart I'm gonna drench your heart. I'm gonna heal your heart. I'm gonna fulfill your heart. I love that if we are God's field and we are God's building. But I want you to say this word right here. All right, we're gonna be a talk back church real quick this morning. Say labor. One, two, three. Labor. 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 I'm gonna to get to that in a second. There's a parable that Jesus tells in the New Testament. Parable of the talents. And I talked about this weeks ago, and uh, I met uh, in in the original uh, in the original language talent means one million. So the guy who had five talents had five million. It's like one point, whatever, whatever. But all of us in this room, we have talents. We have giftings and abilities that God has placed inside of us. So there was a, a farmer or there was a, uh, a boss or a master who gave uh, five talents to one gentleman. To the second gentleman, he gave two talents. The third gentleman, he gave one talent. Five went out, and while the master was gone for a long time, the one with five, he duplicated it, came back with ten. Master said, good job, good and faithful servant. High five. Come on, somebody. I trusted you with five. You brought back, back five more. I got ten. Then he tells the guy with the two, what'd you do? The guy with the two talents went out. He doubled it, came back with four talents and said, hey, I had two, but now I got four. Here you go, master. The master said, good job, good and faithful servant. High five, fist bump, you know, whatever the occasion was. And the servant with one said this, the, ta- uh, the servant with one talent, he came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow, gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid. I went and I hid your talent, my one talent, your talent, in the ground. Here have what is yours. Here have what is yours. And it says this, but his master answered him, you wicked and slothful, slothful servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Now hear me, this is Jesus. Jesus is telling the story. And Jesus said, you can have five, two, or one. You got something. And what's interesting is Jesus uses the verbiage of when we die, we go to heaven. We have the judgment throne. like, yo, am I getting in or not, right? And then we got the second judgment where he's going to say, good job, good and faithful servant." So he uses the same verbiage that we're going to hear someday in this parable. But then he says, if you don't do anything with what I've given you, you are wicked and you are lazy. You're wicked and you're lazy. See, the parable of the talents, it's more than just fruitfulness, but it's faithfulness. It is more than just, hey, I doubled it. It is more than that. It's about being faithful. It's about being faithful. I just got one talent. What is it? I'm a deaf guy speaking with a microphone. That is it. That's like my only talent. But I'm faithful with it. I'm faithful with it. I'm faithful with it. I'm faithful with it. There are people in this room, I can go on and on. Man, all throughout the shutdown, all throughout the pandemic, coming to my garage, Faithfully filming for Avenue Kids. Faithfully filming devotional. Come in here faithfully setting up. Faithfully tearing down. Faithfully praying and interceding and saying, you know what? God, he did it once, he's going to do it again. But it's more than just how much what you're producing. It's about faithfulness. I want to challenge you today. We can have talents and giftings and abilities. We could still bear no fruit because we've gotten lazy. We've gotten lazy. Notice it doesn't say you, <laughs> you know. It says we, us. We've gotten lazy. And a lot of times laziness kind of creeps in. You know, if you're energetic and athletic, and you're not just going to be like there's a couch and it sucks you to the couch and you're stuck on the couch. It happens little by little. Man, one Oreo at a time. <laughs> Speak it from experience. Little by little. Well, I don't need to do that today. I don't need to do that now. You know, I want to go back to the way it was. You know, just little by little. I'll jump in when 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 now looks like then. Now is never going to look like then. I don't want... I don't want to go back to normal. I'm believing for God's normal, the supernatural. I'm believing for God to do something, something so fresh and new and exciting. I don't want to go back because back was easy. But I want to jump in and say, God, I don't want to be lazy. I don't want to be lazy. And there's a lot we can, we can package this. We believe in mental health. We believe in uh, listening to your heart, your mind. Man, we're taking our team through uh, some great books and uh, all those different things. We're, our partnership with Kimberly Malloy, mental health is so crucial and important, and boundaries is so crucial and important. We're talking about boundaries for an entire month in the month of February. We're going to talk about these things, but we cannot get lazy. And I love this in John chapter 4. It says, do you not say, there are, there are yet four months, then comes the harvest. Right, so now Jesus is taking us the other direction, right? Like, okay, it's going to be great, but, but, but great is not now, so I'm just, I'm just going to chill. I'm just going to relax. I'm going to sit on the sidelines. But he says, look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white for harvest. Here, uh, for here the saying holds true, one sows, and I really want you to catch this. I love this. I love this. One sows, but another reaps. Mm-hmm, that's good. One sows, but another reaps. Now, it's good if you sow, right? It's good if you're the one reaping and someone else sowed. Come on, can I get an amen? All right. thank you, mom and dad, you know. But here's what Jesus talked about. So I send you to reap that for which you did not labor. Others have labored, there's that word again, and you have entered into their labor. Can I tell you A lot of times we go, the harvest isn't here yet because I haven't done anything. I've been lazy or or I just hit my one talent or I've been sitting on the sideline. Can I tell you Jesus say no 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 yeah, yeah sure get in the connect sure serve on the A team sure go to the pop up pantry you know sure uh, get in your word and fast and pray and yes come on I want you to get spiritually strong but it's not the harvest isn't after you do those things the harvest is now because someone else did it there are people in this city that have been praying for revival. There are people in this city that have been praying for a life-giving church that might be just five years old to reap the harvest of their prayers. That brings me great joy to say, I don't need to be 25 years old as a church to make a difference. I could be five years old. It is not about, I am faithful where we're at. I I am happy with where we're at. But I know it's not where God wants us. I love this. You have entered into their labor. Say labor. labor. Say labor. labor. All right. And I love this. The, the original word labor, I found this in the Bible exposition commentary in my Logos. And I love this. The Greek word translated for labor in John 4.38, we just read this, is translated wearied. Weary. Not weary, but they weary. They pray. Sowing, cultivating, and harvesting are difficult tasks. Not only in the physical realm, but also in the spiritual. There is no place in the harvest for lazy people. My, if you're brand new today, welcome to Avenue Church. (laughs) Ah, right? Let's get out of here, you know. There is no place in the harvest for lazy people. The work is too difficult and the laborers are too few. Jesus said, I'm the Lord of the harvest. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Why are the workers few? Because the work is too difficult. The work is too difficult. If the enemy can distract you, he can destroy you. If it's too difficult, then you're not making a difference. We're not making a difference. And when I say make it a difference, I'm not talking about, we're not defining, this is not Success. This is not buildings. This is an attendance. You know what it is? It's souls. And it's people. People that have no hope, no joy, no glee, no shoutful shoutful joys of glee or whatever Psalms 126 says. But it's difficult. Sowing is a laborious task and an act of faith it is hard. It is difficult. And I believe you're brand new today, you're like, I've been waiting. This is my moment. This is my season. But can I tell you, sowing takes work and the harvest is hard. Sowing takes work and the harvest is hard. It's hard. Jimmy and I were just talking even. uh, Nevada dirt uh, we redid our backyard when we moved in five, six years ago. Uh, harvest is hard. and, and, and Nevada, I'm from North Dakota. So in North Dakota, you're literally like, oh, there we go. Put a plant in there. You know, Super easy to dig a hole in the North Dakota dirt. Black, rich, vibrant dirt. Nevada, nah. Hard. I mean, I was literally like, tink. Oh, no. Had to rent a machine. It just drilled a hole like I was drilling for oil. It is hard soil, but it takes work. And I love this notion that somewhere along the lines, we realize, for somewhere along the lines, we we begin to think harvest is the easy part. You know, my grandfather's a farmer. My sister, for some reason, married a farmer. Jenna, I love you, you know. She married a farmer in Minnesota. And harvest season is the hardest season of all. Planning's easy. It just takes long hours and things like that, but planning's easy. Watering, it's easy, right? Even there's a season where they just fix farm equipment because they've, they've done all, they've done all the work, but there's a faithful season. They don't say it's stupid field and leave and pack up and, you know, what's wrong with this field? It's not producing anything. But when harvest season comes, that's when everyone's on deck. That's when my sister says, I'm a single mama for about a month and a half or so uh, in, during harvest season because if they don't pluck the, 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 the fruit and vegetables, and uh, he does beets and all those sugar beets, all those different things. They're going to lose the moment. Yes. Yes. They're going to lose the moment, the timing. The harvest is hard. And you know what's interesting is in Joshua chapter 1, and this hit me this week, but in Joshua chapter 1, man, they were in the wilderness for 40 years. Man, following Moses, Moses, remember Moses with the stick sticking in the sea and the sea split? He had the Ten Commandments, Charleston, Heston, you know, or, or the weird cartoon Moses won, or, or Christian Bale. He was like, swear to me, I'm Moses, you know, like, like, what is happening, you know? And he says this, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, that's his dad's name, <laughs> what's your name, Nun? God says this. That's like a pastor joke, huh? What's your name? None of your business? Okay. It says, and I am the lead pastor, I promise you. An older guy is not coming out here, you know. Here's my pastor, you know. But it says this, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise. If I was Joshua, somebody who I followed for over 40 years. If I was Joshua, I said, I'd be like, there's no harvest. It's a time to grieve, time to mourn. Man, it's time to. And he says, "Go over this Jordan, you and all the people, into the land I'm giving them to the people of Israel. Be strong and courageous, for you should cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to your fathers to give them. It's harvest season." And you know what I learned? I never saw this. I saw this this week. It was brought to my attention. But in their season of mourning, they entered the promised land. Yeah. Yeah. I never saw that before. I always thought, hey, this is great. We're strong. We're mighty. We're ready. We're energetic. We have strength and power. And go-. They were sad. They were mourning. They were hurt. They were full of grief. But in their season of mourning, they entered the harvest. They entered the promised land. And I love the second thing. God says, hey, Moses is dead. Now get up. Get up. God didn't say stop mourning. You know what? Man, we, we, although we mourn, we still lead. But the second thing God says is, God says, be strong and courageous. God didn't say feel strong and feel courageous he said be strong and be courageous you could be mourning you could be sad you could miss but don't look back and wish I want you to look back and remember I want you to be strong and be courageous he, hear me out. For somebody in this, I just feel this, the Holy Spirit. For somebody in this room, you feel like God is that parent who brings you somewhere like hiking, you know, or like a place you don't want to be. And they said, have, you, you are to have fun now. That's not, that's not the spirit here in this, in this context. God says, I know you don't feel strong. I know you don't feel courageous. But I'm with you. I'm, I'll carry you. I'll lead you, I'll speak to you, I'll guide you, I've never left you or forsaken you. But some of us, we get stuck in the notion that we can't have harvest unless everything's perfect. And Chuck Swindle, a great uh, pastor and author, he said this quote, and I found this this week, when you suffer and lose, that does not mean you are being disobedient to God. God is not punishing you, God is not out to get you, but in fact, it might mean you're right in the center of God's will. The path of obedience is often marked by times of suffering and loss. Can I just tell you, I don't like it, all right? But this is God's word, that in the moment of our grief, in the moment of suffering, God says, get up and let's go. It is time to cross over. But just because you're grieving doesn't mean you stop leading. Just because you're grieving doesn't mean you stop moving. I know there's a time and a season and a place. But man, we got to move. And I love this. So God says, be strong and courageous. And that's Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 3, God says, here's my instructions. Moses had a big stick and stuck it in the Red Sea and it split. But God said, I want you to take the Ark of the Covenant, which is my presence. I love this, when people set out from their tents, another translation said they folded up their tents. Church, it's time to fold up our tents. To say, I ain't ain't living here. I'm gonna live there. I'm not settling. For some of you, you went from like, like promised land to promised land. From like this room to the other room, this is just the hallway. And you're camping out in the hallway. And God is saying, pack up your tent. It's time to cross over. This is not talking about earth to heaven. This is talking about promises to promises to promises. And I love this. So we had the priest. They're holding the Ark of the Covenant. a Big box with God's presence. And as soon as they, they, those bearing the ark has come as far as the Jordan, the feet of the priests bearing the ark were dipped in the water. Now the Jordan overflows all its banks throughout the time of harvest. When they stepped into the water, the waters parted. Moses put his staff in the water. It parted. Joshua had God's presence, stepped in the water. It parted. Same miracle, new strategy. New strategy, and I love this, it overflowing. I, I saw this, and I read this over and over again. It was harvest season for the land during that time. You don't cross a river during harvest season, because in harvest season, the Jordan was overflowing. They believe it was, it was rather between, it was five feet or ten feet deep. But when it's when it's off season, the river went way down where you literally can walk over it. For me as a human being, I say, God, timing's not right. <laughs> I, I, I can't swim very well. That's not the right time. Let's wait until off-season so we can just take everybody across. Over a million people across this Jordan. But God said, No, harvest is hard. Harvest is hard. Harvest is hard. And it says, the waters coming down from above the Jordan, from up to down, rose up in a heap very far away. And the priest bearing the covenant of the Lord stood firmly on dry ground. Firmly on dry ground. I think God likes to do things when it's the hardest, so we don't get credit for it. He gets all the glory. And people go, What has God done? Not just an avenue. But my goodness, I know your story. I know what, I know your life. And look what God has done. It's incredible. It's like, I, like that came out of nowhere. Makes no sense. You know what? If God could do it for you, because I know without a shadow of a doubt God did it for you, God could do it for me. But somebody needs to hear this today. When it feels, when it feels the hardest, it's time for harvest. When it feels the hardest it's time for harvest. When it feels the hardest, it's time for harvest. When it feels the hardest, it's time for harvest. And maybe you're in this room today, and you're saying, man, Pastor, it's been hard. Can can we just, it's been hard for me. If you were here last week, and not just my personal life, but in the life of our church, man, it's been a hard five years. It's been one of the greatest things. It's been a great journey. It's been a hard five years. But guess what? We're going another five. We're going another 10. We're going another 20. We're going another 30. God, don't. (laughs) We're going to be like 80. Why can't we leave Vegas, you know? (laughs) Just because it's hard doesn't mean it ain't harvest time. I just want to challenge you today. Can we be family in this house today? Whether you're brand new with us, you've been attending for five years. If it's been hard for you, will you just stand up? Just where you stand. If it's been hard for you, just stand up. Life, uh, mental health, whatever it is, just stand up if it's been hard for you. Just stand up. I want you to look around the room. It's been hard. It's been difficult. It's been a hard two years. It's been a hard five years. It's been a hard 10 years. But just because it's hard doesn't mean it ain't God. Just because it's hard doesn't mean it ain't harvest season. I want you to say, I want you to see Psalms 126. This is my Psalms 126 year. I want you to grab a hold of this today. I want you to look at all different words. We try to have a word for our church, like dunatos and overflow and something fancy. But I want you to look at this. Maybe you need to pick a word and this will be your word because this is the Psalms 126 year. And I want you to see this. It was like a dream come true, and we laughed. Maybe your word for this year is laughter. Whatever it is, maybe it's a dream. Whatever your word is, I want you to stand on that word. Go to the next slide real quick. Maybe it's restore, refreshing, or shouts of glee, or harvest overflowing. But if you're in this room today, I want you to make some noise to say this is my Psalms one two six year. Maybe this is your, maybe this is your dream year. Maybe it's a year where you dream again. A year where God gives you signs and wonders and visions and dreams. Maybe this year is your restoration year. Maybe God will do it again. Maybe He'll restore relationships and mindsets. Maybe this is your do it again year. Come on, will He do it again? Will he do it again? I don't look back and wish, but I believe God's gonna do a miracle in my life. Maybe this is your great things year. My God has done great things. My God is doing great things. Maybe this is your year. I, I want you to get excited for this one. Maybe this is your joyful year. Maybe you have joy again, laughter, join the home. May your home be a place of joy, of peace in your life but you know what for me for me for this church it's my harvest year Armloads of harvest and blessing will you shoot your hands up today will you praise and worship come on worship team i want you to say god this is my psalms 126 year god this is my dream year my dream i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna dig up my dream Father, I pray restoration. Do it again. Come on, church. I want you to worship for just a moment. And say, Holy Spirit, do it again. One twenty-six year. This is my Psalms one twenty-six year. This is my Psalms one twenty-six year. Church, I just I feel such an urgency from from God to say we are not those who shrink back. It's not the violence taken by force, but we're not those that shrink back. Hey, church, I want to ask you. I want to ask you. Will you carry the presence of God with us into the promised land? I don't know what that looks like, but God does. But God does. But God does. All Joshua saw was giants in the land. But those big things became their things. Like, thank you for doing that. The enemy sowed, but we reaped. We got it. And that's just how God is. So Steve Wynn, I love you. God loves you. I'm taking the win casino. No, I'm joking. But what is your harvest? I'm gonna ask you, will you help us? Will you help us? Attend, serve, love, witness, share, be light. Don't shrink back. Don't hide. But let's move ahead. I'm going to pray with you real quick there. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for your word. My goodness, these past two weeks. God, you've been doing a new thing. So Jesus, thank you that we can get out of your way so you can have your way. Father, I pray just equip those and encourage those in this room today. The Father, I thank you. You've not given us the spirit of condemnation, but you've given us power. Father, you've helped us. You have a plan for us. You want to use us. Condemnation means you can never change, and look what you've done, and you should stay that way. You're terrible. God doesn't see you that way. God says, I know you're hurting. I know you're mourning. I know you're scared. I know you're afraid. But I want to use you for my praise and my glory. God wants to use you. Remember, we don't use people. We build people here at Avenue Church. I believe God wants to encourage you and say, man, I'm going to use you for something greater. With every head but of eye closed, you're here today. And you're saying, Pastor, I don't know Jesus. I I know like about a God, or I don't even know if there is a God. But for some reason, this message, I didn't see someone who was like yelling and screaming and hollering. I felt the presence of God today and I want to give him my life. Maybe you walked in this room today and you have no hope, no joy, no peace. And say, you're willing to raise a hand and say, I want Jesus in my life. I want him to be my Lord and my Savior. Now I'm going to ask you to join our church. I'm going to ask you that you join into the kingdom of heaven. If that's you today, every head bowed, every eye closed. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to single you out. But if that's you today, just put a hand up, put it right back down. That's it. Give me a little boom and put it right back down. That's all I'm going to do. Just up and right back down. Man, I would love to pray with you. Yes. Anyone else? Just up, right back down. That's all I'm going to do. Yeah, over there. Thank you so much. Up, right back down. Yeah, I see you. I see you. Anyone else? Up, right back down. And I want to acknowledge you because God's going to do something incredible in your life. Man, you ain't living back there anymore. You're living here now. So let's pray. Say, I want every single person to raise your voice today. Say, Dear Jesus, say thank you for paying for what I did. Say, Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross. Say, Jesus, be Lord of my life. Say, repent of my sins. Say, the best way to you know how, I'm gonna live for you. Say, I now know who I am. I'm saved, I'm redeemed, I'm a child of God.